AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. Soybeans are back on top of 15 bucks. Wheat found the ability to hold on to the midday gains. Lean hogs closed lower, but proved yesterday's sharp gains were for real. Live cattle also proved trade near contract highs is the comfort zone for that market. We've got a lot of ground to cover, including providing some encouragement and advice for today's guest analyst. Live from the midst of the hike up the hump via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This afternoon, it's a conversation with Angie Setzer from Consus ROI. And right after the news, Todd Bubba Horwitz from BubbaTrading.com. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson. Now, here's the host of AgriTalk, Chip Laurie. Davis Michelson, thank you so much. Hi. 38 degrees, buddy. 38, 38 degrees, degrees you got going? Yes, we do. The salt that I put out earlier on the cement pad out front is doing its job and doing it nicely, despite the lack of sunshine. It's well, still working out very nicely. Oh, all right. Do, yeah. you wanna, do you want to know what it is here? Sure. Yeah, you sure? 53. Sunny. sunny, breezy. You looked. You checked. It's 53. No, I didn't. It's 53 no. at the Southern no, Outpost I... right now. That's fantastic. Good for you. I'm going to yeah. try to maintain that optimism as you give me these warm warm temperature updates all winter yeah. long. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to try to maintain the optimism. If at some point, you know, you hear a little just, you know, dislike, uh-huh. ignore uh-huh. it. Ignore okay. it. It, sure. it, it. It won't mean anything. Okay. It won't mean a thing. Just take it so. with a with a grain of salt. Perhaps? Yes, yes, <laughs> but but leave plenty of salt for me. I think I'm still gonna need. I'm still gonna need it. Yeah, All right. We've got some advice for Angie today. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. cannot wait. I cannot wait to uh, to get into that. You know, and and have a little discussion with uh-huh. Angie about some things to consider for 2023. I think a little so, encouragement now is a good time for that. Yeah. Yeah, I am looking forward to it. We'll get her on here and and make sure that she charges forward with full enthusiasm <laughs> in, into the new year. Okay? okay, don't worry about it, Carl. It's it's no big it. deal. No, mm-hmm. yeah, just go with it. All right, buddy, let's get to the news. What do you got? Chip, today's low range open and high range close in March. SRW wheat futures continued the back and forth pattern in the wheat market. Front month soft red wheat traded to the highest level since December 1 and neared psychological resistance at the $8 level. Reports that insurance on ships carrying grain from the Black Sea region will have far fewer options for insurance in 23. Rekindled concern over global wheat supplies in the year ahead. Continued dry conditions in the U.S. Central and Southern Plains are also limiting selling interest at the end of the year. March HRW wheat futures three cents higher, 8.82 and one quarter. March soft red wheat gained 11 cents, 7.85 and one half. March spring wheat closed at 9.34, down a quarter of a penny today. Yeah, back and forth pattern in that wheat market. Uh, low range open, high range close, followed by a high range open, low range close. Uh, it doesn't happen every other day, but we are 
kind of seeing that as a pattern. There's a slow grind to the upside, though, in that wheat market, and I think it's it, it may be based on the ideas that supplies out of the Black Sea won't be as easy to get as we thought a week ago. Well, the rally in corn futures accelerated with a third consecutive low-range open and high-range close in 22 crop futures. The same supply concerns that supported wheat futures were a factor in the corn market today, as were dry conditions and midsummer crop stress growers in Argentina are dealing with. The softening of COVID restrictions in China has reportedly overwhelmed hospitals, but traders expect the restart of China's economy to eventually increase demand for corn. March corn futures traded to the highest level since November 7. March corn futures were eight cents higher today, 682 and three quarters. May corn up eight and one quarter, 681 and a half. July corn futures closed at 674 and three quarters, up eight and one half cents today. Spiffy. 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 Yeah, right. that's how that, that's how I would describe the corn chart right now, the March corn chart. We posted a low for the month at 635 back on December 7th, okay. and it has been a nice climb up to over 680 in that market. It is a really nice December rally that we've got going in corn. March soybean futures opened on session lows and closed near session highs and posted an inside trading day as the market retook some of the sharp drop from yesterday's highs. Soybean meal re-engaged in the rally and closed above yesterday's high as soybean oil futures followed crude oil futures to the downside. Dry conditions in Argentina continue to support bean meal and soybean prices a little, if any relief from the drought is expected over the next 10 days. March bean futures today closed above 15 bucks for the first time since June 21. March beans were five and a quarter cents higher at 514 and a quarter. May beans up 25 and a half cents, 1521 and one quarter. July soybeans closed at 1525. That's up 25 and a quarter cents, Chip. Yeah, March soybean meal is in a sideways market right now. I just don't see beans breaking away unless meal goes with it. Cotton futures opened mostly steady and near session highs closed low range. March cotton 98 points lower, 83.26. Livestock's February fat cattle futures consolidated price gains and posted an inside trading day with a low range open and a mid-range close. February fats 7 and one half cents lower, 157.80. January feeders up 37 and one half cents to 183.47 and one half. In February, really Nog futures also posted an inside trading day with the low range open and a mid range close. Feb hogs 67 and one half lower at 90.80. April up 12 and a half, 96.57 and one half. Chip Flory. All right. Thank you, Davis. Todd Horwitz, BubbaTrading.com. Bubba, my friend, how are you? Happy New Year. Happy holidays. What's up, my brothers? And the handsome newsman is back. <laughs> yes, I gave, you the, I gave you the news a month ago. What do you, what's the big deal? You guys are so technical yeah. now on these charts. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it kind of tells us some history of what is going on. And, and sometimes I'm we can I'm learn kidding. about the that's, future from the history. <laughs> that's all I read about, baby. That's, a, yep. that's the only thing I ever know is what the charts say. You know, look, they're going higher. It's been, it hasn't been, we're not like exploding, but I wouldn't expect it to explode. This time of year, it's virtually a non-event. There's still no real action in the market, but, uh, you know, come the, the, the new year, and, and I'm not saying January 3rd, the first day, but come the new year, a couple of weeks in, you'll start to see, I, I would suspect, some equity selling, which will draw in some new money. You're going to see shortage across the board, which we've talked about 
ad nauseum. And I think you see a lot higher prices. And I, again, I think this is just the very beginning of your bullish charts. Okay, let, let's quantify much higher prices. Are you talking about, you know, new highs in some of these markets? I'm talking that, that uh, look, I don't want anybody to go out and buy because I'm going to say these numbers. I don't normally do this, okay? But next year would not surprise you to see 9 to $10 corn. Fifteen dollar wheat and twenty dollar beans. Now, don't quote me on this. I'm 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 living with it, and I, but I'm not telling you what I'm buy today because I'm saying it. But I would not be surprised at all to see those kind of numbers next year. That would have to peak out the long term cycle that you've been talking about for quite some time, right? That that is correct. That yeah. would be correct, so, and that would be that would be time that would time in perfectly with what's going yep. on. Yep. Yep. So market accordingly. I love it. So, Good stuff. So, again, I don't stuff. go out and buy it because I said it. It's good. I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> I know it. I know it. We hear you. We hear you. Bubba, happy new year, my brother. I hear brother. my song. Happy yep. new year to you guys, man. You guys are the best. I appreciate you. It's been, we've been together a long time. It's like a wedding anniversary. Have a happy new that's year. That's right. And, <laughs> and uh, that's I'll, right. See, I'll see you guys next year. <laughs> Sounds good. Angie Setzer up next. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. You suffer from talking on the radio phobia? No problem. Send us a tweet at hashtag Agritalk. Welcome back to Agritalk. I'm Chip Flory. Glad that you're with us. Davis Michelson is here as well. Davis. And you know, Davis. Yes. Uh, Davis. Bubba was talking about how he's been with the evolution of Market Rally to Agritalk ATB to Agritalk for mm-hmm. a long time. Uh-huh. Well, our guest analyst today, if you yes. will remember, uh-huh. she helped us practice for the launch of Market Rally yes, almost nine years ago. Mm-hmm. It was under so an I'm alias. Just, uh, it was under yes. an alias. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it wasn't the it, it wasn't the Mrs. Setzer that we no. uh, that that we know and love today, but but uh, she definitely helped us out. She's been with us for a long time here on AgriTalk. Angie, whole time. Angie Setzer, Consus ROI. How are you, Angie? I am great. Yeah, I was listening to Bubba talk about that. I was like, holy cow, it has been a while, hasn't oh, it, yeah. that we've been working together? So, yeah, you're still in the phone as Market Rally Radio, so I can oh, still yeah? be in, like, hey, your Rolodex as mcguire i guess that it, yep. uh, the artist formerly known as right like i <laughs> 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 what it used to be so That's glad right. to be here excited to kind of 
you know, we're working our way into the end of the year, right? right? Ready to yep. to rock and roll into 2023. Well, I'm keeping my head down and, and hoping it doesn't even notice I'm there. 2023. I just want to kind of. I doubt if that's and... going to happen, Angie. I doubt <sighs> if that's going to happen. Um, and speaking of 2023, I see that you got some big plans. Goals. Um, yeah. Some yeah. Big goals. Yep. Um, and uh, staying away from business here for just a moment. Davis and I talked about it during the break. And yeah. we think Carl is going to be very supportive of your plans to build a herd full of mini Herefords. Uh, Little, some, tiny, adorable mini cows. Some like, Australian low lines. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah. I love it. I love it. Now, I'm, but I'm game. But before you get hooked on the Herefords or the low lines, which, you know, <laughs> you could have some of those, too. Look at the mini Scottish Highlanders. Those fuzzy oh little calves. Oh, my I can't even. I think I'll just have them in the house at that point. I mean, you might as well. Oh, I, that's I where Colt would bring them. Colt would bring <laughs> them exactly right in the house. It. Yeah. I wouldn't have a problem with it. I, I would not have a problem. I have a horse that if he could, I'm sure he'd sleep at the foot of our bed. So I can't say <laughs> that the cows wouldn't do the same. And they probably don't so, require much, much in the way of fencing or anything, right? Just, no. you know. Like some garden yeah. fence, you sort of, of those you throw electric, out there, and, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Those dog collars, I'm sure you could train them. I, it's oh, totally yeah. doable. I'll figure it out. Yeah. That's what I always tell you know my business partner. He Boyd loves it. I'm like, we'll figure it out. He's like, that sounds like that's not a plan. I'm like, eh, yeah, there. So and worst case yeah. scenario, no, I want the mini cows. Worst case scenario, you turn them into sliders. You have a picnic. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's, what's what's yeah. the worst that can happen? Delicious tiny hamburgers. Mm-hmm. Tiny mm-hmm. hamburgers. Turn them into sliders. Little sliders. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Big Apple oh Joe my. Stackler. So anyway, Big Apple Joe Stackler oh. has done a little bit of research for us and has found out that there are 26 breeds of wow. mini cattle in the world. And here's the way that's to amazing. get Carl on board. There are mini Longhorns. Oh yeah, he sold already. I yeah. bought five. I don't even know where to get them. I just put me down. I bought five. I bought five. <laughs> <laughs> I have now long mini longhorns. I don't care. Like, uh, I just get it. them here. So I love it. I think you can get them on Amazon. I'm pretty sure. Prime shipping overnight potentially. We'll we'll yep. figure it out. So so we'll yeah. So out. what's shaking? What are I well? Have to follow okay, Bubba telling everyone. She wants to change to... the subject. She's afraid Carl is listening. <laughs> <laughs> I got to wait until they're delivered before we let them know. Can't say <laughs> <no>. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 Bubba threw some bigger numbers out there, but, and we will get to some of those, some of yeah. those thoughts and, and your thoughts for what's going to happen in 2023. What I want to know is what you think the bean market is trying to tell us right now. Oh my gosh. It's trying to tell us that it's scared over what's going on in Argentina, which is, it's fun. And, and, there's a loss there. I mean, there's a pretty big loss there. I have a friend that I, I talked to that, that works down that way. And, and he was at 38 million metric ton on the Argentina crop three weeks ago, four weeks Man. ago. And so, you know, we've heard 43, uh, 40 on the low end, you know. And, and so to put it into perspective, last year they were 43. Everyone kind of panics about soybean meal exports. Last year they're 43.9. They still exported right around where the USDA is forecasting their, their current year exports. Okay. And then we also have the big increase in the overall South American crop, but that doesn't matter. Who cares? Like we're buying volumes low. Technically we're just blowing through, you know, some of these numbers today we closed above 15. Let's work towards, I think there's a gap at like 1530 on the March. Like I feel like once you hit some technical resistance levels and are able to trade through them in this market structure, you just kind of see that sort of continuation and, 
farmers should be using that for target orders more than anything, like keep those numbers in mind. And, and so as you scale sell, which is something that I've always been a, a big proponent of, like you keep in mind those old highs and, and you recognize the fact that we can have excitement over the Chinese reopening. I mean, the USDA is already forecasting Chinese imports up almost 7 million metric ton versus last year. So that's almost 300 million, 280 million bushels of, of soybean imports. They're expecting China to kick up this marking year versus last, you know, so everyone's kind of excited about the Chinese reopening, but what does that mean, you know, for a huge increase in, in bean imports? I'm not sure if it's there or not, but I'll happily take this market rallying and, and giving yeah. folks an opportunity to, to make some sales they may not have made, you know, prior to yeah. harvest and prior to when they knew what their crop size was. Yep. Yep. Okay. Let let I, I'm not saying let's completely forget about the fundamentals out there, but think about the money flow within okay. the markets right now. Think about the positioning yeah. of of funds of commercials. Is this the kind of price action that you would have expected based on the positioning in the market right now? I think we really saw a significant like I I a couple of weeks ago I I did a different interview. Um, and, and said wheat's oversold, you know what I mean? Like it, it was oversold. Like there was zero reason for us to get down yeah. to seven thirty, whatever wheat, you know, we'd lost two, $2 and something, you know, the same could be said for corn. We saw the specs just, you know, massively kind of exit this market on this idea of this psychological shift, right? We were looking at a continuation of Chinese lockdowns. We're looking at this idea of really working our way into the significant global recession. We saw grain movement working well out of Russia and, and the Black Sea Corridor kind of, you know, everyone kind of was like, oh, well, even if Russia does threaten to pull out, we're still going to kind of see the UN fix that. You know, so psychologically, we just saw this market get beat down on, you know, things to come, you know, bearish things, uh, bearish demand outlooks and stuff like that. But a bearish demand outlook takes weeks. It takes months. I mean, because every next week we could see demand pop back up. Right. So that's what we live under right now is this idea that like export demand is going to pick up after March for, for corn and that export demand is going to remain decent for soybeans and some of these things. And so I, I feel like psychologically we'd beat this thing down. And so between that and seasonals and the idea that we really don't know what the January 12th report is going to say, we have the Argentina drought. We don't know what Brazilian corn production is going to look like. And now we have this Chinese reopening wild card. You know, of course, we saw this big swing kind of back up to, to highs. But if I'm going to sit here and say that I saw, you know, this happening at the start of December, you know, fundamentally yeah. speaking, I was, you know, I was a part of the, the group that was like, you guys, you know, and I, I think it's important to, to recognize, you know, that I think overall the psychology towards commodities could be shifting but we have to see what this wild card that is china reopening means um you know and like i said you can't it's bullish until it isn't right because right. demand can show back up in a market at any point in time so we're negative we're bearish export demand but next week we could come in on tuesday and china could be in buying u.s yep. corn um, yep. You know, and so that's going to keep speculators interested in this market and that's going to keep this narrative strong for a while. But if it doesn't show up, oof, you know, like yeah. our pace is, it's bad. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean? like Yo, oh, yeah, it's half of what are, it was a year ago. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, there's things to kind of be cognizant of, I feel like. And, and you know, I'm not against these sort of chart uh, forecasts. You know, I, I feel like, mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of folks have been calling for these big moves up and, and, you can draw a line and it points in that direction. And I'm not discrediting what they're saying. I'm, I'm a big fundamental person. And then just short-term 
technicals more than anything, but I feel like from a farmer marketing standpoint, like I think we have to be cognizant of what is taking place in the old crop and in the cash market and some of that squishiness you're starting to feel in the West and, you know, some of these other things that we're seeing, but from an overall standpoint, heck yeah, like let's go. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. It feels fun at least until we we get to another dose of information from the usda the the second week of january right right you know through through the price pressure that we were feeling the sideways trade to to lower trade it felt like we were washing we were factoring in the slow demand and we washed mm-hmm. out a lot of the weather premium uh with, yes. with what's and going on premium. in argentina and and, and now we've we've got the slow demand factored in and we've got to put the weather premium back in that's that's kind of how it feels <laughs> while they're playing music that's what it feels like to me i know <laughs> that yeah. uh, let's touch on that when we get here. back yeah shall we break, shall we very yeah, good let's do that <laughs> we are talking with angie setzer consus roi she's got some changes in the business coming up as well we'll get the latest there and what do you do about all of this and the global issues? How does Russia play into this in the year ahead as well? We're talking with Angie Setzer right here on AgriTalk. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Time now for news of note from Pro Farmer. Ship insurers say they are canceling war risk across Russia, Ukraine, and Belarus following an exit from the region by reinsurers in the face of steep losses. Chinese hospitals and funeral homes are under intense pressure as the surging COVID-19 wave is draining resources. Taiwan says it will test arrivals from China for COVID-19 beginning January 1 joining other countries in stepping up controls on travelers coming in from China. In a 5-4 to four vote, the Supreme Court uh, ordered Title 42 border restrictions to remain in place. Analysts with ING project Brent crude prices to average $104 per barrel in 23 and WTI to average $101, and the Eurozone economy is set to shrink next year with high inflation and potential energy shortages Get more at TryProFarmer.com. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. Knowledge is power. We're here to charge you your know, batteries. AgriTalk. The, uh, the mini belted Galloways, you know, uh-huh. the black ones with the white belt. Yeah, That'd I like be those. Really cute, really cute. Parker White's. There's yep. many Parker Whites, white ones with the black ears, black nose. Those are awesome. Now, you, you know, have I wonder, a, a Parker in your family, 
right? Oh, yes, we do. I've got a grandson. Parker. Maybe you need a whole herd I of think wild, we do. feral Parker Whites running around I on that think timber we do. down there. That's a, that, that would sounds be like fun. a thing. Mm-hmm. That would be a lot of fun. Just let them yes. run. Yep. Now, just uh, if there is such a thing as a mini Penzigar, uh-huh. I might be interested in getting one of those. That sounds made up. It's not. It's not. No? They look like a skunk. They're black with a white stripe right down the middle. White stripe in a tri- long triangle formation right down the middle of their back. No They're kidding. beautiful animals. Huh. No, beautiful animals. Sounds like yeah. it. We're talking with Angie Setzer today from Consus ROI. Before we get back to Angie, let's go ahead and recap where the market's closed. March HRW wheat futures three cents higher today, eight eighty two and one quarter. March SRW wheat gained eleven cents to seven eighty five and a half. March corn futures were eight cents higher at six eighty two and three quarters. July corn futures closed at six seventy four and three quarters, up eight and one half cents. March soybean futures 25 and one quarter cents higher, but 15 to 14 and one quarter. July soybeans closed at 1525, up 25 and one quarter cents. March cotton, 98 points lower, 83.26. On your livestock side, February fat cattle were seven and one half cents lower at 157.80. January feeders up 37 and one half cents to 183.47 and one half. And February lean hogs, 67 and one half lower at 90.80. Chip, I wonder if you can get miniature oxen, and if so, could you get a team of them and use them to till your garden? I think you could. That might be it. You know, because I then, like, I like doing to think something. You could. Yeah, I like to think. I want to live in that world. Pioneer woman. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's mm-hmm. what we're looking at. All I can picture is Oregon Trail when you start to talk about yeah. a team of tiny oxen. Oh, like... you can get a little covered wagon for them? Oh. Right? It would be oh, a blast. You had yeah. me at tiny Oreo cows, though. The belt of galleys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love like, it. I was just, but if, like... you, if you had a team of mini oxen, that would be, that's got parades mm-hmm. written all oh, yeah. over it. Mm-hmm. Oh. I mean, it sounds like a money-making deal in some way. I probably not at all, but we figured out. <laughs> the practically pay for themselves. That's just it. Like you can't, you can't buy a rototiller for for that, right? That's right. Like That's supply right. chain issues. So, <laughs> all right, okay. So, a little bit earlier, we talked about the growth, the evolution of of AgriTalk, the, the afternoon hour of AgriTalk. Yeah. You've got some growth, some evolution coming for your business as well, right? Oh goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're kind of, we've, we knew what we wanted to do when we grew up, when we kind of, when we started, but we really didn't know how to articulate it. And we ended up getting really fortunate and had a a nice consulting deal for the past year that kind of kept a lot of our attention um, and, and focus. And now we're really just working on educating the farmer and, and looking at things in a way that, you know, I mean, I've always kind of been not your typical grain analyst right in a lot of ways I guess maybe but uh we like to really take it to what's going on in the cash market what's going on in the global market structure what's happening from a macroeconomic standpoint geopolitics you know those types of things that you may not always really pay attention to like we're we're in a situation now where you know you see support come from in the market structure come from the bank of japan you know changing how it it manages its interest rate spreads and they you know stuff like that where you're just like that's not stuff that you had to pay attention to 10 years ago it's not stuff you really even had to pay attention to five years ago 
And so, yeah, just really kind of taking uh, how entrenched we are in the cash market and that network that we've created and trying to, to help educate the farmer, you know, whether it's just in morning comments that, you know, come into the inbox, you know, first thing in the morning on what happened overnight and what the market did yesterday and what we're watching going forward or, you know, a, a per acre based, you know, in-depth uh, mm-hmm. consulting with a marketing plan. But, yep. you know, the, the weirdest thing is about building your own business. Like, it's just like parenthood. Like a lot of the things that you thought you would or wouldn't do before you become an entrepreneur, like mm-hmm. you end up doing or not doing. <laughs> and so yeah. like, I'm like, it's like having another, it's like having another baby. Um, yep. So it's been great. We've been, you know, more successful than I imagined. You know, we're, we're very blessed in the first year and a half. And I look forward to kind of seeing what 2023 brings. Like I said, I'm going to yeah. keep my head down and, and try to just work hard and stay quiet. And hopefully Excellent. it doesn't even notice I'm there. But, but yeah, Excellent. we're super excited. I love being able to talk to farmers from around the, the world. And it's just been a, a great shift and i hope it mm-hmm. continues to to be awesome so excellent yeah. excellent very good you mentioned the geopolitics and and different oh. factors impacting the markets when did you think that the ability to get insurance on a boat hauling grain out of the black sea would be a market factor oh it's odd. it's weird you ask that and i feel like one of those people that's like i swear i called that it's been on my radar um, yeah. you know, there's been a couple different things that I've done with the USDA that we've discussed some of the ways that we can kind of help reduce global grain prices. Um, and one of them has been making sure that we're offering or covering the reinsurance that these insurance providers are, are putting out. Um, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I'm an expert when it comes to global grain shipments or cargo insurance or anything of that nature, but cash grain traders hate uncertainty. And uncertainty comes from an inability to know whether or not if something catastrophic happens to what you're handling, whether or not you'll be made whole or at least partial, you know, you can't risk loading a, a, a ship full of grain and, and being, you know, bankrupt because it gets sunk in the Black Sea because, you know, Putin right. gets a wild hair. And so one of the things that I've really kind of tried, been pushing when given the opportunity to speak to people that may not be actively involved in the grain sector, but are wondering what can we do to help with, you know, this explosion and global food prices. Right. And that's been one of the things that I've really been pushing on is making sure that we can ensure, you know, ensure that these insurers <laughs> are covered. Um, and, you know, so it, it's not the least bit surprising to kind of see them start to pull out. I think one of the things that we'll see is the UN will step step in in some way, shape, yeah. or form in the next couple of weeks and be like, "Hey, we got you." I mean, we we make it up anyway. Most of the currency around the world, like, why the heck are we even worried about this? Like, the UN can just pull it out of the couch cushions in the back. You know what I mean? And be like, "Here's your mm-hmm. several million dollars. We picked it up somewhere." So I, yeah, I think sorry you, see you lost happen. your boat, but here you go. <laughs> yeah, you're better now. We'll get a new one. Um, yep. You know, so I think you see some of that where the UN kind of steps in and tries to reinforce that, hey, you know, we want to continue this uh, uh, flow of grain. We want to see this continuation of shipments of fertilizer out. We can't risk this, yada, yada, yada. Yep. So really similar to like Putin pulling out of the grain corridor, it creates another selling opportunity. Keep in mind those high levels of, of you know, that we've seen futures prices trade towards, you know, and, and wheat tends to rally about this time because your cash markets start to shift. Europe's pretty much sold itself out of supplies. You know, you're starting to run into some issues with Black Sea transportation. Australia loadings will get maxed out here before much longer with a lot of that probably going into China. You know, so you could see the U.S. start to step into some export opportunities and things like that. You know, we see that happen usually. 
February forward. But usually once we're able to see export opportunities, we get wheat rally up enough to where we're not competitive anymore. So it, it's a tale as old as time. And I really look forward to, ha- to it happening <laughs> again yeah. here in the next couple of months. Yep. Yep. It sounds to me, and, and you, I, I don't know if you've come right out and, and said it or not in the conversation, but you, it certainly sounds like you feel that rallies are a selling opportunity in corn and soybeans. Yes. Okay. Yes. I feel like we've transitioned into that and, and, it's it's fine you know if, if folks feel that that's not the case i think that's what you know why how we make a market and that's what options are for um for some folks but like i said i mean we've been telling people you can't fight the fed for four years since 2018 yeah. now we're going to say that the fed has no control over what's going to happen when it comes to inflation i mean one of the biggest things that the fed said is their job is price stability they have a price stability mandate yeah. so why do we think that they're going to just be like, oh, well, never mind. We're going to pivot. We'll start reducing rates and everything's going to be hunky-dory and demand's going to surge. I mean, yeah. yes, the China story is a big one for a while yep. until we figure out what it looks like. We, we, it's different. It's a, it's a bullish catalyst. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things where that doesn't necessarily change the overall global supply and demand picture. Because as I said earlier, the USDA already was expecting China to import a reasonably large amount of soybeans. I mean, really, you're only looking at about a million and a half to two million metric ton lower than their previous record of imports. So it's not like we were really expecting in the global picture this huge reduction in Chinese demand anyway. Um, You know, but we got to watch it. But I do. I I feel like it's very hard to stage a, a strong rally from 680. But that doesn't mean that we aren't, you know, utilizing. I wasn't an aggressive seller at 630 something at all um right you know but we are adding on to sales at 680 we are adding on to these 23 sales if we get back up into that six and a quarter we're catching up at 610 what? 615 if we haven't sold yet you know and yeah well, i was just gonna ask what you good. thought of 610 on the the these 23 crop well i sure as heck like 650 better but i'm not gonna throw 610 out of bed for eating crackers because that's <laughs> it's higher than where we started last year um, you know, and I feel like our input costs are going to be higher in some instances, about the same on the high end. You know, there were some folks last year that were fortunate enough to come in with relatively well bought fertilizer. Um, you know, there's some that this year they're going to have big sticker shock because they weren't in buying last spring when it was, you know, already exorbitantly high. So I think you're going to see you know, where $6 is a moneymaker for a lot of folks that have certain guaranteed production. I think it's a okay number to start at, but I'm not sitting here telling you to liquidate your entire crop there either. Um, But I do feel like rallies should be sold. I feel like target orders should be in place and that we should be building out some type of marketing plan and utilizing cash flow is what really drives your selling decisions here in the next few weeks. Excellent. Excellent, Angie. Thank you so much for making time. Uh, Probably not going to get chance to talk to carl so wish him a happy new year uh, and uh, i will do that him, if he's speaking to all of us any of us yeah tell him to back the trailer up and get this business started happy new year it's angie we'll talk to you later. Oreos. happy new year we'll talk to you later from powering irrigation engines to warming buildings propane has always been a part of american farm life now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time 
The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. chickens have come home to roost find out whose fence they're perched on today on agritalk wonder if that's a uh, miniature cowbell we could make that happen you suppose they sell mini cowbells chip well they'd have to because if you put a regular size cowbell on a miniature cow yeah. it wouldn't it look silly well and you risk tipping over probably yeah yeah exactly welcome back to agritalk Everyone, your pal Davis Michelson with Chip Flory. I'm looking at the uh, at the the miniature Brahmin. That might be the oh. way that I would go. Really, now, now, I've I've done a little just because they're cool looking. Um, I like that <laughs> that gray coat, you know, like yeah. sort of blue gray coat. Um, let's see, what is this according to ruralivingtoday.com says? Um, miniature cattle are a nice option in these times of rising food prices. And concerns regarding food quality, you can feed a family of four if you what? get a uh, if you get a, a miniature cow butchered out. What? Yeah, yeah, family no, of four. Huh? no, I, no, I, no? I don't know if I'm going to go along with that or not. I'm looking at these mini Brahmas right here. Yeah, what's that thing going to hang? It, that that thing doesn't hang a carcass as heavy as a hog. Bless his little heart. Bless his little heart. Bless his little. Hamburger heart, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then, you know, I don't know, maybe this is already a thing. I remember when I was a kid, you'd sometimes go to the 4-H fair, maybe you'd go to a rodeo somewhere, Mm -hmm. and they'd say, send the kids on down, we're going to have the kids rodeo. Right. And they'd they'd put you on the back of a sheep, a mean one, but they'd put you on the back there, time you out, you know, see how it goes. (laughs) I don't, I mean, maybe, maybe there's, there's room for miniature bucking cattle you know <laughs> there could be a whole circuit have you have, have you ever been around bucking real bucking bulls and, and um and and even crazier the only, real bucking cows yeah only from the only from the stands with a with a uh, popcorn basket in my lap I'm, that's all I, that's as close i'm telling you <laughs> i'm telling you you think things like white-tailed deer yeah. Or elk, uh-huh. or you know stuff like that. You think they're wild? Uh huh. Get around, get get around the buck and bull cows, the brood like, cows, uh-huh. and uh-huh. those those things will leave a herd of elk in their dust. That's how <laughs> wild they are. <laughs> well, we're just workshopping the idea here. I mean, yeah. we got to sell it to Carl somehow. Well, you know? it's not going to be that hard. Come on. Uh, Look at these things. Right. They got You're the hump right. and everything. Mm-hmm. These Brahmas do. Mm-hmm. 
He wants one. He just doesn't know it yet. Do we know that? Uh, no. Mm-hmm. No, but it'll be interesting when one shows up. I mean, all I need is a shipping address, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm in for half, whatever it is. I'm in for half. I'm hey, in for half. Excellent. I had a miniature uh, miniature horse for my daughter when she was young. Just, she was okay. really young, like five years old. You know, not far yeah. to fall off. It, great way for her to learn to ride. It, it turned out perfectly. Now I'm thinking, you know, next next level here, you're going to need pickup men if you're going to do the miniature <laughs> buck and cow rodeo. You put those on little miniature horses trotting around out there. Nice. Helping out the cowboys. <laughs> Like, you wouldn't have a barrel. You'd have just sort of a bucket the kid would jump in, the little clown kid. Yep, 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 uh-huh. yep. It's a whole yep. thing. We're getting off track here. Angie Setzer. Uh, we might be. Yes. Angie Setzer <laughs> was our guest today. Glad to have her aboard. Um, okay, from right off the top, she was she was talking about a source in Argentina. Yeah. Everybody seems pretty comfortable. Who was it we were talking to? Was it just yesterday? Somebody said, well, yeah, $43 million might be a little much. I'd go as low as... 40 million right in uh in rg beans uh on the ground there a couple weeks ago apparently she got a report that a local was talking 38 yep yeah i mean how much impact does that have on yeah on me it feels like a chase to the downside it feels like a chase to the downside on the on the argentine bean crop estimate right now and and i would guess that the chase to the downside on the corn crop estimate is going to is going to be next. I, I think we're to the point now that we'll we'll start to hear some estimates that are overshooting to the downside. Happens every time. Doesn't okay. matter if it's the Argentine, the Brazilian, or the U.S. or Ukraine or China or Australia or whatever it is, whatever crop they're growing. If they've got problems, somebody always the the, the estimates. The the consensus estimate always ends up too low before we get the the final number. Well, I don't know if we're too low on the consensus yet, but it feels like we might be getting there. And here's the thing, um, just sort of tongue in cheek, my brain went to, well, I guess for South America, it's a question of does the good area outweigh the bad. Same yeah. debate that we always have here, but we're almost talking apples and oranges when we're talking Brazil. And Argentina, you really can't consider them together because, and check me on this, Argentina, we're more looking at the meal exports, whereas Brazil, we're looking at those beautiful beans. Yeah, value added out of Argentina and beans uh, and the raw product out of Brazil. Um, And it's for a variety of reasons. Number one reason is that Argentina saw an opportunity to satisfy the need for mm-hmm. processed soybeans, for the soybean oil and the and the soybean meal, in countries that did not want to invest in their own crush facilities, uh, so Argentina has been a leading export of the exporter of the products. But for the countries that are really serious about use of soybeans and soybean products, they build their own crush facilities. They build their own crush industry. China is the number one example of that. That whole industry is built on the concept that they're going to buy the raw beans and turn around and crush it and supply their feed bills, etc., with the product that they need. And uh, that's why this transition that we are going to be going through in the years, two, three, four years ahead, 
is going to be very interesting in how it all develops. So, all right. National Weather Service 6 10 day outlook January 3rd through the 7th. Above normal temperatures expected over the entire Corn Belt. Above normal precipitation expected over the entire Corn Belt. Below normal precip into the panhandle of Texas and central Oklahoma. But there it, it looks like there's a chance for rains sliding into the northern areas of the southern plains. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. Really appreciate you. Thanks to Angie for coming on, being a good sport. Come back tomorrow morning. We'll have another conversation for you right here on Agritalk.